Hi. <laughs> technology. Why don't you just work perfectly? It's an unstable technology. Digital uh, technology is unstable by definition. I just sadly. don't. I just don't care about that. It's 2020. <laughs> it should just be fun. That's how I feel. It never will be. I know. It never I will be. Won't accept that as an answer. Sorry. I'll just like move into the woods without it someday. (laughs) Ditch it. Ditch it all. (sighs) God. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome Welcome. to. (laughs) You say it. You say it. A close distance. Uh, Episode 18. Are we sure about that? I'm sure you're sure. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> I shouldn't even question it because I didn't check. Uh, okay, I'm quite sure, but you know what? What is a number? What is time? What is? <laughs> who knows? It's a recording. We're here and now in the present. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <sighs> you sound relaxed. <laughs> I'm on Salt Spring Island, nice. so it's easy. It's easy to be relaxed over here. Good. Yeah, how are you doing? It's funny. I was just talking about being relaxed earlier, and uh-huh. I don't think I have been relaxed since last October. Okay. Yeah, like when I think about being relaxed wow. or like taking a break to like, you know, go to the woods for a weekend or the a mm. lake or like August is usually my mm. okay I go home mm. for two weeks to a month and mm-hmm. now I'm not and it's mm-hmm. really kind of mm-hmm. I don't know that's but it's also like what is time what is August yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know I'm still planning on uh, like going home for a couple months. So yes. I'm just kind of like sitting on that as a, mm. as just a way to sort of accept the way things are right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. With like a little glimmer of hope. But yeah, I think I, I'm just like, I hate to say it, but and I know it's been 18 episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm still very unsettled in my apartment. I still yeah. like, yeah. I'm putting together a, ikea um dresser yeah which is almost taller than me (laughs) okay (laughs) but like i don't have a dresser and so i have not had any space for like there's no storage here and you know covid prevented me for a few months from being able to run errands so then i Mm. finally did run some errands recently and Mm -hmm. like i'm not that great at putting together ikea things <laughs> mm. but i'm managing yeah. um mm-hmm. but like there's a couple things not working too that are is really frustrating and so it's just and it's like it's not me it's like an actual flaw in the design that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like one hole that's not right and so it doesn't mm-hmm. screw a screw in properly and anyway i've shredded a couple screws <laughs> Yeah, I know that happens. Work. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's just been a funny up and down as usual roller coaster ride. 
Yes. I need to get out of the city. <laughs> That's basically yeah. my conclusion. Um, but I also need to like settle in. Mm. Yeah. I just need to get rid of some furniture so I can actually live in here. Mm. Get rid of some and move some new stuff in. Yeah, it just, yeah, I, I hate to say that I did that, but it's because this space is a different shape than my yeah. other place. Yeah. So all the big furniture I had does not fit here. So, yeah, it's just life. Hmm. So when do you think you're going to go to New Brunswick? I'm hoping October at some okay. point. Yep. And why not sooner? Because of baseball and stuff? Well, just because I'm not settled. Um, okay. And work is supposed to pick up a bit. So I'm thinking like maybe I can do a lot of work and save some money. Yeah. And then go, go back. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, right now we're sort of facing uh, interesting, I mean, I say work, but like... Um, at my freelance job that mm -hmm. I've been doing for five years, the mm -hmm. retouching. Mm -hmm. I, um, it's interesting. There's been some like kind of confusion with the way that we do things. Uh, cause so many things have changed because of COVID. And so mm. what has been happening, which I think is going to get smoothed out soon is that there are some days where, you know, they have their full-time staff in there and that they have, maybe 800 pictures. I'm, I'm, I don't know the numbers. I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Mm -hmm. 800 pictures to retouch, for example, which would not be a lot for, you know, the, the full-time crew that's in there. But then the next day there might be 10,000. And that's a, a big mm. problem. Like mm -hmm. you can't have such an imbalanced workflow. Mm. Mm. So it's really like kind of throwing a wrench into mm. the freelancer scheduling and mm. um, my boss has no visibility on what's going on like from week to week, it's very 24 hours to, mm. to you know, 24 to, to 48 hours mm. to, to figure out the scheduling. So mm -hmm. that kind of screws up my end of things, but I, I'm sure it'll get smoothed out. But it's just another like interesting example of like this would never happen in the past at this place. Yeah. Like yeah. they're very good at, at knowing what's going on. So it's just another COVID uh, adaptation. Mm. Bump. A bump in the yeah. cosmic, cosmic world. Of, <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, even yesterday, my friend told me she was watching uh, one of the, like, the pickup game at John Moss. And mm -hmm. um, it was just one of those days where, like, um, people kept getting hit by the pitches. Mm. Uh, the foul balls were, like, coming really close to people. Like, mm. not, and usually, like, you know, you're, you walk by a ball field, you sort of pay attention, but mm -hmm. it's just like, it's the, yeah. And injuries, like people just like sliding mm. into people and and them hurt it. Like it, oh, like it was just one of those man. like crazy chaos days. I don't know if it's a full moon or what, but yeah. it's so funny how it just like, huh. I don't know. The universe sort of reminds you of like, <laughs> there's like weird shit in the air sometimes that you can't avoid. Anyway, huh. I'm going on a rant. How are you? Wow. Um, I'm I'm doing good. I'm 
I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life. Um, not uh, professionally, but personally in terms mm. of where I live and what I, you know, a silver lining of this COVID I'm, I'm realizing is that people are returning to family mm-hmm. and like, you've been talking about going back to your family and I know you always did, but like for an extended period of time, my friends went back to Winnipeg. Um, I'm back here with my family. My other friend is back in Niagara with her family for the summer. Like, I think that's beautiful. Um, but it also comes with its own challenges of being around family that you haven't been around for a long time. And now you're, so that's an adjustment. Um, and for me, I'm trying to figure out if I could live here and move and leave Montreal. And, and that's a big decision for me and it's emotional. And I get like a little teary thinking about leaving, You've been talking um, about it for a while, though. Just kind of the, in, not indifference of Montreal, but just, like, wondering if, like, going back and forth with thinking about that possibility. And, and that was before COVID. Yeah. So so now that things are shut down in Montreal or, you know, also, thing, <laughs> even if things are open and I don't want to be going to them, what's the attraction to Montreal fades, starts to fade in terms of, like, the city itself, you know, mm-hmm. where if I want to be like, you're saying you want to get out of the city and into nature. And that's, that feels healing and like soothing to me. Yeah. And if it's in combination with being near family, that's pretty sweet. So I, what I might do, this is my plan. We're driving back to Montreal at the end of the month, August 30th is our date. We're going to be driving across Canada camping. Nice. And, you know, being as safe as we possibly can. And then getting back to Montreal, recalibrating a bit. And then I'm probably going to try to sublet my place for a while, like maybe six months to a year. Mm -hmm. And then try and rent a place in Vancouver and test it out again. Like if this is, if Montreal, if, if everything is shut down, like with COVID it, and it is, it seems, and the, the pandemic is still happening. I think I want to be on the West coast. So to kind of ride it out at least for a year out here seems to make sense to me. Yeah. So that sounds like a pretty solid plan. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot it's not a passing thought. I'm, I think about it quite a bit and am I ready to do that? It feels like less risky to just sublet my place instead of like selling, doing the full on move. And then sell later. Like it's not honestly like there's, I know people are moving. I mean, it seems like people are moving out of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really like, I don't, I don't think, real estate is going anywhere here. Like if anything, you're just going to keep adding value to your property. The longer you hold on to it. Do you think people yes. will want to still move to Montreal? Yes. There's a, there's a frigging condo with six units being put up right outside my bedroom window. And hmm. those are going for, I think over a million each. What? Yeah. For six units. So 
It's right next to me. Wow. And I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to have a problem. Like the tech industry is moving in here. You're going to have no problem. I really feel that way. And I don't know a lot about real estate. I just know what gentrification looks like based on my mm -hmm. experience. And it happens super fast. And the tech, uh, whatever that, I don't know what. AI. What is that building that just got. I bike by it every time I come home from work or when I used to live in my other neighborhood. Oh my God, what was it? It's not Apple, but it's like... Microsoft? Maybe. Anyway, it's it like that's happening. Ubisoft yeah. is not going anywhere. All these companies are not going anywhere. And these people, like when Dunya moved, and I know that was like a couple of years ago, God, she sold her house in like within 24 to 48 hours of putting it up hmm. for it. And they offered more than what they asked. So they just accepted. So, wow. and they were both two tech, like a young couple who worked hmm. for a tech company. Oh, so, really? Anyway. But like to tech, like what I'm curious about is like how this COVID thing is affecting actual workplaces and office spaces. Like, like our tech, those, those tech buildings, like the AI that's moved into mile X, like, are they still going to be, going back to work there like have they already I gone back to work like they, my the, work the is one... still open yeah that's true that's true like beside the one beside alexander plots microsoft that's ai yeah. ai team that that was supposed to like host house a thousand employees mm -hmm. but that would have been pre-covid in terms of distancing like do they have to I'm just curious about how I'm sure they, they have enough money to invest in proper ventilation and proper yeah. distancing. Maybe they want yeah. a thousand people, but they'll have a half of them working from home. Your place is, uh, has an extra room for an mm -hmm. office. So I, yeah. you know, like there's, <laughs> I don't yeah. think they'll have a problem and I don't think capitalism is ending anytime soon. And when it does, mm -hmm. it'll, it'll definitely go out with a bang, but it might not be in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Like this is like they're grasping onto the last straws of capitalism right now. So anyway, mm -hmm. I I don't know. I just I it it's the future is very unknown. I I I just uh, sure is. I don't know what to say. I don't. You know, I had a thought. I had a thought, and I think it's kind of a a recent realization or maybe I, hopefully it doesn't, doesn't actually play out this way, but when we started this podcast, it felt like the pandemic was this kind of really intense event that was, that took us all by surprise was really scary and shocking. And Oh my goodness, what's going to happen. Um, but on like like to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't see this being such a long term thing. Like I didn't I saw because we started this saying we're gonna hit the podcast during the pandemic, just at start, and then after, right? Like 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 there's gonna be an after. And and the more I think about it, the more I realize I don't know if we're gonna get our lives back the way that we had them before. And that's I mean, really sad. I I don't think you and I were in the same on the same page mm -hmm. 
uh, as far as like, I I definitely never thought this would be short mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. Like it it, I I also don't think it's the last one we're gonna face because mm-hmm. we're still not changing our behavior mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind mm-hmm. of I mean, Bolsonaro is still burning down the rainforest, the mm-hmm. Amazon rainforest. So I don't really understand, like. For for me, I think it hit hard at the beginning, and I was like really unable to adapt quickly the way some people seem to be able to adapt or whatever. But I think a lot of people also just were like, "Oh, I have to not go to work today. Now I have to work from home forty hours a week." So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were distracted by that. I have friends who who were obviously like my experience was totally different and every single person has such an individual experience in this, especially as like single women, mm-hmm. I think, or even single men, I think as long as you're alone in your home with no pet, I think that beginning was different. And mm-hmm. so moving into these next sort of phases and seeing how Quebec is acting quite similarly as the United States um, in comparison to all the other provinces as far as safety goes, I think, and like opening schools. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we're, we're just at this point unable to let go of uh, what we are used to. Like Mm -hmm. this, like I'm not really, it's funny. I don't really feel this like, yearning for what used to be normal like it Mm -hmm. like this was this was always coming like change was gonna happen and I and I know you're I totally sorry I'm all over the place (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I feel very strongly that this is a it's a terrible terrible thing but that there's a shift that's been waiting to happen for Mm -hmm. many years Mm -hmm. and I think there's still a lot of catastrophe ahead of us before mm-hmm. things actually switch. So mm-hmm. being close to home and or co- close to family and nature, I think is, uh, is definitely what, like a, it makes a lot of sense to me that people want to do that. Mm-hmm. You, know? mm-hmm. you and I included. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's just mm. a hard pill to swallow. It is, yeah. But I also hear a lot of like, you know, my friend Sarah was talking about her child and she just, she feels terrible that she brought a child into this world. Like she's Mm. really feeling that guilt. Mm. But then she's also pairing that with, um, you know, watching the, the protests in the States and she doesn't see that as scary. She sees that as hopeful. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of how I kind of relate to Mm -hmm. what's going on as well even though I don't have a child but just in the sense of like you know that she's going to try to be a responsible person in educating her child about what's going on and Mm -hmm. the reality of what's going on Mm -hmm. it's a pivotal moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're just alive to see it instead of reading about it you know (laughs) actually well technology (laughs) is keeping it even more Oh my God. I feel like I'm reading about it all the time, but it's, it's (laughs) like, I'm not, that's what's so surreal about the States is that it feels like surreal because we're living through it, but not 
yeah. affected by it by living there. Well, we are affected by it, but not... Not as directly as citizens mm-hmm. who are down there. Like someone I saw last week, I saw some, it was a TikTok video of someone recording that they were outside of Seattle and the train tracks, they were just beside the train tracks and on the train tracks, on all of these flatbed train shipping containers Mm -hmm. were army tanks. It was a stream of army tanks coming into Seattle. It was a haunting image. It was like, and the person was just like, I think we're going to see more of that. We were seeing the way that the, the national guard or whoever the hell Trump is sending in to these cities that are, have been protesting for like every day for the last 50 days or more. Like it's happening every single day, disrupting regular life i say that in like quotations with my fingers mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's uh-huh. it's uh it, you know i think americans should be alarmed as well as the rest of the world but it's just they're on a pretty straight narrow like line to fascism it's it's happening right before our eyes and and these protests are are completely like within the rights of the people and they're being shut down. Mm -hmm. So if that's not like, that's not a democracy and that happens, that's, it's a police state because they're bringing in these, these, like, this is going to, I don't think Trump's going to leave if he loses. I really don't think he's going to (laughs) leave. I just, I hope I'm wrong. But it's, uh, it feels like it's at that point. I don't know. I just... Oh, America. Yeah. I don't even want to think about not seeing my family again, you know? It's kind of yeah. crazy to sort of, like, mm-hmm. Jesus, am I ever going to see them again? Can I... Yeah. Like, how do I get my grandma up to Canada? It's actually, she's allowed. But, man... It's so complicated. We're trying to get her out of her, the place where she lives and where she's been just to like get her up to Canada for a couple months. But the place where she lives is like, if she leaves, she can't come back now. And she's 94. And they're telling her she can't come back. Where does she want to be? Well, just like take her to the shore for a month. Let her at least be around a person and not a nurse coming in once a month for the, or whatever to bring her meds and food. For the last like since February, end of February, she's seen like my aunt once. Otherwise, she hasn't seen a soul. Wow, it's not okay. No, and like I've already gotten into like God strange arguments with my family members, like two cousins, three cousins, I guess. I've just like I've stopped a couple in their in like stopped the conversation to just be like, I can't have this conversation anymore because we, or we won't even be family Mm. anymore because Mm. the insurance companies down there are like, I had no idea that some of my family members also work for insurance companies. So they're just defending this place where my grandmother lives instead of like seeing it from a more humane perspective. Instead they're like, she'll lose her insurance if she leaves. So she can't leave. And it's like, 
she's been isolated for how many months now and you're not thinking of her mental health like if she wasn't Mm -hmm. a a god-fearing christian she probably would have offed herself by now like Mm -hmm. and i'm not i don't say that lightly and i Mm -hmm. mean that a hundred percent and it's just the lack of mental health care and Ah, oh, just it blows my mind. It blows. Can it you just, talk to her on the phone? Uh, sort of. She can. She's so hard of hearing. She can hardly okay. hear anything I say. Okay. It's so hard to talk to her on the phone. Okay. I basically yell into the phone for thirty minutes if I can, but she doesn't usually last that long. She usually. What if you brought her up to New Brunswick in the fall and then just kept her there? That's the that's what we're trying to do. But her ins- the problem is in her insurance is tied to where she lives. So all the money that she's put into her insurance can't translate out, apparently. But what what good does insurance do if you're not happy? Like, what's the, you know what you I know, mean? Like, who cares? What because about if she money? gets sick in Canada and goes to the doctor, she'll have to pay thousands of dollars because she's an american and she's not covered does she have thousands of dollars i don't know if she i don't know how much she has left we're trying to we're trying my mom and dad have offered for her to live in canada with them yeah yeah they've already off that's what they've offered awesome and my grandma was like but it's the insurance that is the problem right now we're just trying to navigate that because it Mm. would basically be like a canadian breaking their leg while traveling in the States. Right. right and you end right. up with a fucking $150,000 bill right. that, that goes right back to your family. If, right. uh, you know, what, like hmm. it's just, it, and it makes no sense. She's been there for over a decade and they're basically like, we'll kick her out because COVID. And I'm like, hmm. cool. So she can't like leave and then self-isolate for two weeks when she comes back. Like, what is the, what is going on? That's, I, it's just, it's really complicated. I'm airing my grievances out with you right now, but like, this is mm. a shit I can't even say with my family, mm-hmm. unless I guess they'll hear this podcast someday when I'm like 50 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like, let's man, live that long. Yeah. The cultural differences with Americans versus like how my parents and I live. Like, it's honestly culture shock when we visit family. It's, it's, I find, which I find fascinating. And I love these people unconditionally, no matter how they vote, no matter how they, whatever, like it's family. So it's, it's a really strange place to be. And like, I've like unfollowed a couple of my cousins just to keep my sanity. But then my morbid curiosity brings me to their profile sometimes and I'm seeing them like posting anti-vax stuff, and I'm just like, I can't, can't do oh, this. Wow. I can't do it. <laughs> See, this is back to family. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Family. Well, it is. It's complicated. It's so awesome, and it's so complicated. Mm. And and I think for me, I think most people. Like, most people in my family didn't go very far. Like, most of my cousins, they all kind of stayed around Vancouver, the lower mainland. Um, and so there's not the adjustment. Like, I think they've, they've been around their family for so long, yeah. right? Their whole life. But for me, I haven't spent extended periods of time. This is the longest I've spent 
around my family since I was 17. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, seeing my parents on a regular basis, it's like, wow. And it's not, it's not necessarily bad. It's just different and it's an adjustment. And this is the, the reality of having a chosen family in Montreal and a family family in BC and feeling the kind of the push and pull of that, of like, what's, what do I want? What, what can I have both? Can I, could I live part-time in both places? Mm. You know, and I think ultimately as single women, we are untethered. We can do whatever we want. I know. If I had a partner, this would be, it would be so much easier of a decision. I feel it would just be like, okay, we're doing this or, oh, we're doing that. Or, oh no, we have a kid in school in Montreal. So we're obviously not going anywhere. Like, I guess people still have these questions and struggles, but I feel like it would be a lot more straightforward for as a single woman that's untethered, we can go anywhere. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I, I feel that way, but I also have like lived a life of of, uh, of, of really like not even fearing travel, but just feeling like I can't do things I don't understand and not, uh, investing in figuring it out because of maybe like an underbelly of anxiety of just like being really bad with, uh, like having a, a poor natural direction, uh, in like, like following a map and stuff. <laughs> and just like having like little fears like that because I get lost really easily even in this city like I think I, I these like Halifax was okay because it was small and I but I tend to stay in the same like mm. radius of what I know mm. and so like I can't veer off course or I kind of mm. get I get lost and I have to look at my phone and mm. but there's stuff like that that like you know having a partner would help <laughs> to have a second opinion <laughs> of like where the fuck we're going but it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting because I I've always thought for me, um, if I had a partner, if I met someone in this city, I mean I would hope that we would be on the same page. But for me, I'm like I would get the I would leave, I would leave and live mm-hmm. in the country somewhere. I would find, mm-hmm. but there's something keeping me in this place to of just like a hope for not being single for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And like being mm-hmm. in my community helps my mental health and yeah. softball and these little things. Yeah. But I know that um, if I met someone who wanted to leave, I would, I would go, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's just, I don't know. It's not like I'm holding out hope for that. It's just that it, the, that in itself has sort of kept me here in, in the hopes of like, there's people that live here. I can meet someone, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, 13 years here and I haven't. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I mean, when you're talking about a city that's 80% francophone. Yeah, I guess I'm really like cutting myself off there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, francophones are not off the table, but like, as long as they're not like mean separatists. No, it's no, that's not what I meant. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, we're coming from different worlds yeah. and Anglophones tend to stay with Anglophones and Francophones tend to stay with Francophones. It's just the way it goes. And there are in that mix, a beautiful like combination of people. There's people that aren't from either 
Um, there's, you know, like my friend Catherine, she was raised by a Francophone and an Anglophone. So she's this like total hybrid. But, but generally speaking, yeah, we don't have a lot of single men to choose from in the Anglophone community. Um, and, you know, for me too, like Francophone men tend to be short. Um, shorter than me like mm-hmm. I, I that is glaringly apparent out here in bc where i'm like hello hello <laughs> hello all these tall strapping handsome men um <laughs> single women are very horny right now <laughs> maybe i'm speaking for myself but man it's been a long haul in the last like fucking six months or however long it's been since February happened. I don't know. March. When did we get shut down? Yeah, mid-March. It sucks. It's well, like... also this age. This age. There. Okay, I joined a dating app and I'm telling you, it is bonkers to me. There are guys on there that are like 23 that are liking me. And I'm like, I'm 39, dude. Like, really? Really? Like you know, for the long time, twenty-two. That's really. I'm like, this is really crazy. Like, I know that's legal, but still, like, that would really be cougar territory. It's pretty young. Dang, that's young. Like, there's no way. There's no way. No way. Oof. I mean, uh, people who are that much younger—that's a little bit much but like i used to definitely set my things for older people thinking that it like i was sick and tired of these like young idiots and now i'm like (laughs) why are all these like older men still stuck in their fucking like these mentalities that they grew up with yeah that they can't shake and Mm -hmm. i just like i am just not attracted to to these people who just cannot get in touch mm-hmm. with their more softer mm-hmm. side and are still like mm-hmm. stuck in their mm-hmm. like I like I'm seeing people posting on Facebook of just being like oh my god this you know this like 50 year old white dude musician is saying these things that I never thought he'd say because he he was a punk and now I'm mm-hmm. like are you kidding me like I am not surprised by anything that comes out of the mouths of mm-hmm. any white man over a certain age. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> God damn Jeez. it. These are people yeah. who like my age, you know, or like maybe let's say like, a, like maybe 10 years within 10 mm-hmm. years older. Mm-hmm. It's just like, give me a, like people complaining about Nick Cave saying something about PC culture. And I'm just like, are you surprised? How are you surprised? Yeah. Like it's like, look at his age. Fuck. Some people just yeah. cannot. Like they can't change the way they think about yeah. women or the world yeah. or patriarchy. Like they're all threatened when really they don't have to be <laughs> just like, I just feel like acceptance is there's so much freedom in acceptance of like actually listening, listening to what people say, listening mm-hmm. to what people need. Uh, like if, if they just the simple asking of, of using they and them instead of he or she. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. why do people have such a fucking problem with that? I'm so tired of hearing people having a problem with that in, mm-hmm. in particular. Like, it is, it is such a small ask. It's the smallest ask anyone could possibly have. And yet, it's the biggest problem for some people. 
Anyway, oh my god, I could just go on and on. <laughs> well, this reminds <laughs> me. This re- no, I know I love it. This reminds me of this resource that I'm reading. This white supremacy culture. Have you have you read this? Mm-mm. It's a document that was um, adapted by Coco who's an organization in Montreal that supports nonprofits. It's amazing. I'll send it to you and maybe I'll link it in this uh, podcast, but it's identifying different ways that white supremacy kind of exerts power or shows itself, right? Different characteristics of Mm -hmm. white supremacy that it's really interesting to learn about. For example, um, the, the written word, is the only way to basically uh, convey and share information. Hmm. Um, Perfectionism, Hmm. power hoarding. There's only one way. Hmm. Um, Really interesting. Like, so I'm, I'm thinking about the power hoarding one, right? Like, white men are going to be the most resistant to change and the least open-minded because they have the most to lose of power, right? They've been hoarding. Yeah. Um, And my stepmom and I were talking about it and she goes, yeah, but I bet in all cultures there's people that hoard power. And it's like, yeah, but historically, if you look at colonization around the world, white people seem to be hoarding the most power. (laughs) Like they've been colonizing the most, they've been doing the most damage and they've been holding the most power. Yep. And um, yeah, like I'll just share a story personally. Like there was a guy I was dating and he would talk at me. And it was just this like talking nonstop at me about mm-hmm. anything that came to his mind, all kinds of things, talking about people that he knew that I didn't know, blah, 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 blah. And it was really interesting to me to call him out on it and ask him uh, to try to change his behavior because of the reasons why, for example, it made me feel like shit. It makes me feel uninteresting. It makes me feel like you have nothing. You have nothing to ask me. You have no interest in knowing what I'm doing and how my day has been going. Yeah. And, and his complete lack of awareness. It was like this. It's like I'd hit him. It's like I, I told him a fact that he'd never considered before in his life. And to me, that was just so shocking. It's like, really? Have you never learned how to communicate with people? Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, exactly. Or And you've never been called out on this. Yep. I have a couple men like that in my life, and I still I have not called them out. But I also don't communicate with them as much anymore. Um, but I think it's pretty common. I, don't, I just don't think it's a unique, a unique uh, experience, you know? It's depressing. It's 2020. I know. I know. And what it does to <sighs> the know. receiver of that, right? Like what it does to you, who's not being asked any questions. You don't feel interesting. You feel unimportant. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. I did have a kick-ass, powerful day. With all these awesome things that I did and I created. And nobody asked you about it. Nobody asked me. Yep. Yep. Like, that does not make me feel good. Um, anyways, it was a white man. White man problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dang. That's not us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, it is, it is like, I think it'll, it'll just be a constant, um, you know, I feel like my dad has made a lot of progress in the, in the sense of just like, even talking about like when he, Mm. my parents went over to a friend's house and I can't remember what the conversations were, but like my dad refused to not say, to, to not say nothing when he heard someone Mm. talking and I I wish I could remember the context, but I just remember being like, wow, I feel the same way when I'm confronted now with conversations that maybe I overhear or anything. I, I feel a responsibility Mm -hmm. to speak up. And my dad's like almost 70 now and Mm -hmm. he's finally, but like, we still don't meet eye to eye on everything, but um, it's still very, well, both my parents actually, they're, we definitely don't meet eye to eye on, on all things, but I still am able to express myself. And I think that's, that's where what this man you're talking about or other white men, specifically, usually white men, um, in my experience anyway, it's all, it's like, it's hard to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like you can't teach an old dog new tricks mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or that old saying. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's impossible, but holy hell, like from the men that are in my life or that I talk to who are older or are my age, like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like you just went through that too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you realize it wasn't possible for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know where we go from there. Like we're just, Well, we have to think that there is, we can teach old dog new tricks, but I think maybe we don't date old dogs. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What? So now we're talking about younger men again? Yeah. (laughs) I know. But I'm noticing that with my younger male friends are a hell of a lot more aware of what's going on. And even the people I would have thought were aware aren't Mm -hmm. as aware yeah. Which I I still find surprising when it comes to my friends, but I mean not a surprise when I'm seeing it in the media of like just men of a certain age and women. I I don't even I don't even want to say just men. I'm seeing it in a lot of women too who are older, more so like family member type. Uh, but again, culture culturally they're not there. It's different there, the way that they were all raised. So I think honestly, I feel like we have the opportunity to all be learning and growing and changing and adapting and opening our minds. And no matter what age, I feel like it's easy to say like most millennials are a lot more open-minded and woke than the older generation. Um, There's also a lot of ignorant asshole millennials too. Oh yeah. Um, And so it's, I think just kind of generally speaking, I think we all, we all need to be open to, to learning and changing and, and being criticized for the way that we've been operating 100%. and the way we speak and behave. Um, That's totally it. And I think, I think if you and I were to continue this conversation, eventually may even be able to boil it down away from talking about 
men or women or age. Like if, if, if you start focusing on what people, like I say that even though I just went on a rant about it, <laughs> but that when it boils down to it, if we are willing to, what you just said, grow and learn all the time, adapt and like evolve into better evolve. humans mm-hmm. on this planet who care about the earth that we are on <laughs> mm-hmm. for this limited blip in time yeah. that we yeah. are so much smaller than mm-hmm. what we, this grandiosity that these, these is that even, did I say that right? I, don't even I know. like it. <laughs> but like <laughs> we, and this grasp for power, this mm-hmm. hoarding of power when really, and I'm not even talking about socialism or any politics mm-hmm. or anything. It has mm-hmm. to do with the fact that we are one of the only species that takes more than what we need on mm-hmm. this planet. Whereas ecosystems thrive when we all work together. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we have these examples in science. We have these examples in history and political movements and whatever. Like the more balanced we are on Earth, this is like, this is what we thrive we should thrive for or strive for thrive my god strive to strive thrive, to thrive. <laughs> <laughs> okay that makes sense too <laughs> yeah balance yeah that's good it's hard to find balance these days but i think that that's, we can try that's where we're where we need to go that can be the goal yeah stop burning down the fucking rainforest grow oh, hemp learned. Just grow hemp. On that note, we got to wrap her up. All right. I mean, we could have a two-hour podcast. I know we could. I know. I don't think anyone's listening right now. (laughs) Well, no one's technically listening, but it's because it's not live. But I'm going to – I'm sharing this one. Okay. (laughs) I'm so reluctant to share these, especially now that I just talked about my family. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, whatever. These are Fine. good conversations. To I love have. them. We're just being I love honest. them, and I would love to continue conversing with them. They, they, a handful of them seem to really misunderstand my life up here, just based on what I post mm-hmm. on Facebook and stuff. It's mm-hmm. quite fascinating. One of my mm-hmm. cousins told me I should move to the suburbs if I don't like power lines, and I was like, mate, and I'm like. Man, go and follow Fuck No Montreal. And this is like an ongoing joke amongst Montrealers <laughs> of what we live in. But it's it's like taken the wrong way, you know? Like, whoa, what a complainer about urban life. Or anyway. Anyway, could go on and on hmm. again and again and then on. Anyway, we should end because this, this could go long. And I can't tell the time on this because the app didn't open. So I don't know how long we've been talking now. I think almost an hour. 47 minutes, 32. <sighs> Nicole, I wish you a great week. and Me too. And good luck finding balance. And we will, we will continue to evolve actively. I can't wait to see you. I can't like, wait to see you too. In person with your yes. gigantic dog. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, stop, stop, stop. You're good. You don't need to keep on growing. You're good. It's happening so fast. We're good. I can, I'm still picking you up. 
like a baby, but it's getting very difficult. <laughs> is she heavier than Rosie? Oh yeah. Oh my She's 34 God. pounds. She's 34 pounds now. She, she was five pounds when I got her three months ago <laughs> and now she's 34 pounds. What a little fatty. Six. <laughs> she's multiplied by six. That's amazing. It's I love insane. her. Oh. I know. She's a sweetheart. I love you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <Breaking>. <laughs> no. I'll talk to you next week. All okay? right. Love you, Jess. Love you, Nicole. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.